1: And good morning. Yes, indeed, we are back at it on this Saturday just before Thanksgiving. Always welcoming your real estate-related questions by phone or by text. Uh, and I say it again, same number replies. You want to call in your question? Fine. 651-989-9226. That same number will get you a text message to the guys. too. Chris and Andy, uh, good morning. Good to see you guys. Good is it, is this, was this a slow week? I understand you had a little gathering
2: last night. Well, Mr. Prasky had one. And yes, was, uh, for sure. Did he invite you? Fantastic. What's that? Was, yeah, you, he let me. He let me it. come over. Yep. Right. yep.
3: Yeah, but, we had uh, 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 we had a little good. So we we always work work work, right? So we yeah. we've had uh, a couple of our partners over at uh, Fairway Mortgage. Uh, Randy Cullen is one of our our good lenders that has worked with us on construction loans and helps us with some of those really complex. You know, how do we finance this? How do we keep our fees to a minimum? They, anyway, not to give them a plug, but I'll give them a plug. So okay. great guy. Thank you. And uh, his team always says, well, let's get together and let's just have a, you know, get together. Because on his team, he actually has several people that are fantastic chefs. And we were at a Halloween party not too long ago. And uh, we were hanging out. And all of a sudden, I meet this guy named Marco. And they say, this is the best Mexican chef you'll ever eat. it. I mean, his food's fantastic. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And uh, so, anyway, they set this up. And uh, last night, we just had this amazing party. So, I did want to thank, uh, you know, obviously – uh, Marco and Andrea Rodriguez, and then uh, Elizabeth, uh, Vaughn, and let's see here, Kimberly, Rebecca, all the rest of them. Random. So this yeah, is all catered by is, many, and it was all made by hand. It's not wow. like they went and you know dumped the cans in the, the <laughs> dish, you know, like I would. Um, these guys made everything from scratch. It was just a treat. Wow. I never got one. So of those, thank you guys One much. of those
2: fried things. What were those?
3: The churros. They no, had, oh, I got one
2: of those. Oh. But the other. The oh, other the empanada. Ones. We were yeah. they were
3: taking oh, yeah. maize not and right. making hand making empanadas. And they had like different ingredients pre-mixed so that it was like you know authentic and oh it's fantastic.
1: Ooh, because yeah. you're making us hungry now.
3: Well, I was hungry. I was looking in the fridge this morning, saying I hope they left some leftovers, <laughs> which they did. <laughs> well, what about <laughs> anyway? That was
1: that was, that was a, a good, evening. good evening. Yeah, yeah, you. Now, thank, what thank about the
2: real estate business itself? How was the week? Slow, um, normal, or crazy, or what? I would call it normal right now. Yep. Um, it wasn't. It's it's not slow. It's not crazy, um, but I think it's normal for this time of year. But I was it was. Funny when you were saying, Hey, where it's almost Thanksgiving and yeah. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but every every week I'm like, Oh my god, it's Saturday tomorrow. And now all of a sudden now it's almost Thanksgiving. It's gonna be yeah. Christmas. We're gonna be in the year twenty twenty real soon.
3: Yeah, well, that's for sure. I think that, that that this time of year, there's so many distractions again. And think about being a consumer. You've got kids' sports now. You've got everybody trying out for basketball and all these other crazy things. And yeah. just wrapped up volleyball and actually football next Friday for the uh, Champlain Park yeah. Boys Rebels. They're going for state champs. Yeah, they look good. Uh, against Wayzata. So it'll be a great game next you know, Friday. One of the things
2: I ran into is, I mean, or we are continually running into, is uh, getting people that are thinking about selling in the spring yep. or getting us out in the spring, and they have us out uh, over this time, to kind of prepare, yeah, and uh one of the questions that I got, which was kind of interesting and um we went i've 've gone over this quite a bit in the past, and I thought it would be a, a nice little topic to do, but uh this house in particular um <clears throat> it was built uh in the mid 2000s so like two thousand five yeah, and they never they 've never finished their basement right okay they 've done everything else they just had kids and they let them use it and whatever, mm-hmm. and the question was is that hey we're going to sell next spring. Should we finish our basement at yeah. that point? What do you think?
3: You know, Chris, that's, a, that's actually one of the more common questions we get. I mean, and Denny, you, know, I don't, you talk about like adding bedrooms and bathrooms, yeah. right? That adds value. But it, it's also, you know, when you think about some of the properties that are out there, your, your family needs will change. So let's say mom and dad move home or the college kids move home or whatever. You move in with the, the, the kids, whatever. Yeah, And all of a sudden, there's a need for two living rooms. It's nice to have that extra overflow, you know, uh, for crowd bathroom or bedroom downstairs as a guest room. So it adds value to you personally, but sometimes it doesn't equate to adding value on an appraisal. And so you have to be very specific and very careful when you run your market analysis and have your real estate agent in the fall, like right now, sit there and run the numbers. And you look at all the houses that are for sale for, you know, 250000 there, there's which that's a bad example. There's not many of those. Um, but let's say two fifty. And then the ones with the basement finished are selling for two sixty five, and then you, you probably can't get your basement done for fifteen thousand. So if you're going to do your basement in that scenario, I'd say get it done now and enjoy it for ten years. Yeah, you, you know, use it. Yeah, get your get your money's worth. So yeah.
2: you're saying look at the competition. Obviously, that's a that's a big factor in doing it. Um, I also think it's uh, based on what your price segment is. Yep. Um, and We've talked about this a lot, but there's a lot of people that have enough money for a down payment and can qualify for a mortgage, yep. but there's not a lot of people that have money for a down payment and qualify for a lot and have a lot of extra money right. to be able to finish it. So <clears throat> sometimes you have to do it for them so they can finance it and put it in there, but I've I've had uh, properties that have been this exact same scenario mm-hmm. um, that are also competing against new construction kind of in the area. Sure. And some of my thought process is or was and still is that sometimes it, you don't have to go finish that basement, you know, and use it kind of as a leverage that, you know, if they're competing against kind of new construction, but we're going to probably be a lot less money. Right. That... Hey, you can still get that new construction feel by doing your basement the way that you wanted to be able to do it. Yeah, as long as you have okay. So let's just say it's in the four to five hundred range. Yep, and but you only have three bedrooms. Yep, you know, At that time, I would probably be saying you want. We might want to finish that basement to get I live in that house.
3: So I I have the the home that you know has the nice big main floor and it lives like an executive home, but I have three bedrooms up because that's just that's what we needed and we just were okay with that. So we put a bonus room above our garage. But see, somebody else, we use that as an office. Somebody else might want to use it as a mother in law suite or something like that. So then in my head I would go, Should I go and add a bathroom to above my garage, or do I go downstairs now and finish a bedroom, bathroom, and family room, and spend you know eighty grand or whatever it costs you to do it, and then hope you get your money back. And I'm telling you, there's people that won't look at your house if it's a three bedroom, but if all of a sudden I say it's a four bedroom executive home or five bedroom home, more people become attracted to it because of the statistics.
2: Okay, so, so as long as we're talking about your house, um, it it has all the makeup. <laughs> Easy. To be able to – no, but to get that price. You should see his landscape. This guy is amazing. I mean, it was really nice. Again, to throw that I'm out I'm weird. And that garage floor. Remember we talked about that garage floor? Yeah. It's nice. Don't you have like
1: palm really trees to... or something? <laughs> yeah,
3: so yeah I just enhanced my garage with some yeah. LED lights too so you can change the mood with a but if, remote control. <laughs> but if awesome. I'm coming to your house, yeah.
2: I am suggesting that you're going to finish that basement. I would too. Yeah, and so because it, it's, it's going to fit and – I just don't want it to take away from the rest of the stuff because it's kind of like, oh man, if it just had that fourth bedroom and, you know, and how your bonus room is set up, it's kind of off a different hallway and a different entrance. But so to me, that's not really a a bedroom. So if I have another kid, I kind of want them in the house. Right, exactly.
3: Well, you know, and I think that, you know, you look at even like how we used our house last night, we have this party, you've got, you know, 50 people over at the house, and the house works well as with the garage, the way I finished the garage. But if I wouldn't have had that garage finished, the basement would have had to be done to have that kind of a crowd there
2: and well that brings up another point. Because we talked about those garages, and sometimes on on a lake where mm-hmm. you don't, there's not a lot of room to be able to build. Yeah, those garages take on an important part, and it is for parties like that. Yeah, you know, you heat up the garage, you have a beautiful uh, floor down there. I mean, everyone doesn't feel like you're you're in a you're in a banquet hall. You're not in a garage.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's kind of fun, and I you should be a sales guy because I could probably kick a commission out of it. But the every time we have those parties, everybody says, "Who did your garage floor?" and "Who did the whatever?" and it's. It, it inspires a lot of people to want to do something like that. Cause it's, I think it's a pretty easy project finishing off the garage.
1: All right. You know what let's do, let's take a break and okay. again, invite our listeners to join in on the conversation. 651-989-9226. If you have any kind of a real estate question, you can call it in or text it in again. That same number applies to both 651-989-9226. And welcome back to our real estate show. We're around every Saturday in the 10 o'clock hour here. On CCO, welcoming your real estate questions by phone and by text. Uh, the same number again applies 651 989 9226. Chris and Andy, a text just came in says this My house has all 1990s style brass polished doorknobs. Should I replace them before selling? Hmm. I still like brass.
3: You know, it's funny. Uh, we just talked about this a couple weeks ago. The new, well, it's antique brass. Yeah, it was kind of the new. Brush. It's the new. Yeah. So the antique is coming back big time. Um, I think it'd be worth your money. I really do. I, I think that's a great project to give a little bit of a fresh update. You know, I'm assuming that it matches the oak and uh, you leave the oak in there and then maybe have some fun with the countertops and appliances in your set.
2: Yeah, I would say in most cases it's a 1,000% from me to be able to replace that. But mm-hmm. it also depends on what else you've got around there. I mean, right. so if everything's kind of dated, it's not going to get you any money back, right. you know, by replacing all that stuff. So you but might as well keep But
3: that's an easy, that's a half a Saturday. I mean, you, you, you get the screw gun out and you change out all the hardware. It's pretty easy to do, I think. About
2: three four months for me.
1: Doesn't it depend, too? What if it's a 1910 home?
2: You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah. Architecturally. The skeleton key style. Some of it. Yeah, I mean, some of
2: awesome. the light fixtures um, can kind of hang around, but I don't. it, it just it depends. I mean, it, it really depends. That, that 90s polished brass mm-hmm. is, I mean, what it does is it screams 90s <laughs> and it's 2019. Yeah, you know what I mean, and so automatically you're putting into their head that we're 29 years old.
3: But you know, and that's true. But you know what's crazy is we just bought a, a place in, in uh, Minneapolis, and they had the old skeleton key on the front door. Oh, that's Actually, cool. it's so cool. Yeah. And right on the key, it's 1904, and it was the original key from the original owner. And these guys held that like that was solid gold. I mean, they thought that was the coolest thing ever. And they didn't want to lose it. And I'm like, sure. hey, if nobody's lost it, so you won't. It's too big of a key, you won't lose it. But then they want to, you know, obviously. Then that gets into where it's, it's it, they want to restore. And and keep and then you know it's kind of neat.
2: I have a an old place over here by the Art Institute that we bought. It was built in 1875, mm-hmm. and I love the staircase, so I I bought it. We ended up turning it into condos, um, and then the market crashed, so we've held it on as as a rental. Yeah. But it had all of those things. Yeah. And uh, during the renovation, someone came in and swiped them all. Oh. Swiped the mantles, the fixtures, Aww. and yeah, it's just like oh, I mean it's a killer. But uh, I things like that. Mm-hmm. um that's a big difference. That's that that's timeless stuff. Yeah, you know, versus old. Right, and yep. you know, hey, maintenance is coming, or, or you know what I mean. And yeah. I think to me, that's like you'll put up with a lot of stuff mm-hmm. to be able to have that cool key in that For lock. Sure. Absolutely, you know, because and you can buy that kind of stuff, but I'll tell you what, it's pretty darn spendy yeah. nowadays to do it, and it's obviously not the original.
3: Right. Exactly.
2: So. Okay, another one. Uh, should earnest money be a percentage of the sale price? Hmm okay what do you what do you want well, to I require think,
3: I think that if it's a million dollar house if you're putting less than ten thousand down for an example, I think it's ridiculous it's embarrassing not to so I mean you look at like a hundred thousand a house so they only give you a thousand is kind of the question and it's like I always say you know with depending on the kind of financing you're anticipating having um it's it's not uncommon to see one to two percent I mean in earnest money, I see kind of an yeah. average isn't that and sometimes too?
2: on the lower houses some people don't have that extra income or, yeah. or extra money yeah. to kind of give away but uh it's, earnest money to me is kind of, uh, I mean, it's 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 good faith money. It's consideration for accepting the offer. It sits in the trust account of the listing broker. So whoever signs on the property it goes to that there and mm-hmm. it sits there until closing.
3: Well, let me ask you this though. So like as a listing agent, so I sit there and I have, let's say somebody writes a nice offer on your house and they give you a $500 earnest money check. And I'm, I literally, it creates so much confusion in my, like, Can they not afford the house? Is there, why would they give us only $500? Are they not interested in the property? Even though all the same rules apply, they could have gave us, you know, I don't know, $10,000 on the same house. And the same rules apply with, you know, refunding or whatever else, which it is very refundable. We've talked about this. It's hard to to
2: get. But you could always do a, yeah, you could do a note as well, you know, that you could hang on to. But if you're going to put down less money, it's something that you're going to probably have to explain even mm-hmm. though I don't think earnest money has the legs anymore yeah. that everyone thought it did. Mm-hmm. But um, you're going to have to explain because that's, I mean, what does it say on the purchase agreement? What's the second thing it says? Second is where the earnest money goes and how much money they're putting down after the, the name of the buyer. The, the, the so it's yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, it's something, it's something they see right away. Yeah. I'm and just so, kidding. yeah.
3: No, but you know, I think that that, that comes down to where you look at, you know, even the, the sellers and I, I, I don't think any differently. Sometimes it's like, when people are coming in and writing offers on houses, one of the objections I've had pretty consistently over the years is that I'm not going to pay somebody else's closing costs. You know, if they can't afford this house, they shouldn't buy this house. And it's almost a principal thing. And I'm like, well, you just eliminated half of your buyers in this price range. So why would you do that? You know, I mean, if you're just your goal is to sell the house, why put judgment on the person buying or how they're financing it? and it's but it's re, a lot of people think that way, and it's like i don't want to pay their closing costs. I paid my own closing costs. they should pay their own closing costs, and I think that when you go into today 's um, marketplace, one thing that really benefits you as a seller is spending the time to educate yourself on how people are financing in your neighborhood with your price range, you know are they coming in asking for closing costs, are they coming in you know paying cash are they coming in you know and and then you're prepared to see what's on its way because. I just would hate to see a move or miss an excellent opportunity with a great buyer, young family, because of you know you just don't like the way they wrote that offer.
2: Yeah, and I think too their financing uh, people might look at it because I've had buyers that have asked for the closing costs, but in reality, they're paying you more. So if they're asking for ten thousand dollars closing costs, they're paying you ten thousand more than they would have. So yep. if it's listed at six hundred thousand and they say hey five ninety plus ten thousand closing yep. costs, if you don't do that, they're going to go five eighty right you know and right. so some buyers and especially at the interest rates that are now are saying hey for $10,000 i could make more on my money than those closing costs would be so there is essentially they're financing their closing costs and that's just how it has to be written mm-hmm. so yeah turning away people because they they don't want to pay for that person's closing costs yeah. is kind of silly well it just It's, I do, an, it's I've heard an interesting
3: it place to you know put your you know your line in the sand it's like you know, at what and then do you care about their interest rate? Are they paying too much on the interest rates too? Where's your principal lie? You know, it's like you're trying to sell your house, make your house as attractive to as many people as you can so you can fetch a higher sale price. That's the goal. And, you know, anyway.
2: Totally.
1: Tell you what, let's take, uh, take a break. We have another half hour of the show to go. If you have a, any kind of a real estate question, call it in or text it in. We'll pick up on those when we come back after the break. Both uh, text and phone, same number, 651-989-9226. Good morning. Welcome back to our real estate show here on WCC. We have that kind of a question. Call it in or text it in. Same number applies 651
2: 989 9226. Chris, do you have one? Yeah. Okay. Let me do that one. Uh, Okay. House in the 500,000 range on a five acre lot. Built 1988, oak flush doors, polished brass knobs, um, older carpet, new kitchen remodel in 2015. What should I do to get the home ready to sell? Okay, (laughs) that's a tough one. That's you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, first, one thing I see on there uh, is acreage. Um, That's a good thing. And the fact that the the kitchen was remodeled um, without seeing the house and and knowing it, I would be suggesting, um, I don't know, you you might get away with your oak flush doors. I mean, it's a price range. That um, some new panel doors might be might be good <laughs> to do. Yeah. Um, sometimes you can't match up stain unless you're gonna uh, paint them or enamel them. Um, but I would I would do the knobs and I would probably do the new carpet based on the kitchen remodel and that it's on acreage mm-hmm. and in that price range. How about you?
3: I I, I can't uh, disagree with you. I think that the with acreage I always wonder like how is the acreage going to be you know viewed by the the buyer coming in. So it's Is it horses? Is it, you know, going to be dirt bikes? Is it just you want space? You know, is it hunting or whatever? And then catering to that audience and kind of, you know, going that direction with how I would update the house as well. Um, So some things may be fine and some things you may want to really dive into. Um, In that price range, though, I think there's a quality level that people expect you to hit. So they start expecting tile floors and solid countertops and, you know, solid doors. Um, so some of those investments at, into those kind of quality-level products. Now, the species is different. I, I'm open because I just was at a house that had quarter sawn, um oak where I was like just stunning. And it was, I mean, it just was like, man, I want to have a house like this. And then you say, wait a minute, it's oak. I can't have oak. Well, oak is beautiful. Absolutely. I mean, it's a very it durable, reliable product and lasts for probably lasts most other products. So.
2: I think if you do have a majority of oak, though, it it might be smart to do some enameling of some things, just kind of change it up just a bit to kind of give them that feel. Um, But you're talking about acreage, and I think that's that's a good point there, is that people, there's levels of acreage that people look at it for different things. So Mm -hmm. one is space. You know, it's typically maybe um, bigger homes uh, on acreage parcels, maybe in that, Mm -hmm. you know, one to... Five acre kind of piece, but it's kind of a neighborhood. Yep. But yet, I have some space in which to be able to do it. The kids got a lot of places to play. Um, maybe I want to add a pool out there. Yep. Maybe I want a sport court. Maybe an extra garage. Then I think it moves. The next one kind of moves into the the privacy. You know that sure. a, I want to be kind of off my on my own by my own, hiding in the trees, or I don't want neighbors really by me. Right. Would you agree? Agreed. Yep. yep. And then maybe then there's the horses. Or storage animal, type yep. person, yeah, that needs uh, you know maybe multiple acres to be able to accomplish what they want to do, um, but there's a there's a there's a reason for it, and then that right. kind of acreage needs some sort of outbuildings or fencing yep. you know that that make it uh, more
3: well and i 'm sure a lot of those that are in this in you know interest um, of horse and, and animal. You should definitely check with your local city first because there's times where you can have, you know, 20 acres and they may only allow, you know, three horses or whatever. And you want to have 10. So you may need to really consider um, looking at the area first and understanding the rules with how many animals you can have. per. I mean, like I had a buyer totally. this week that had five dogs coming in from Colorado and we have a beautiful model home that's ready to go. It, the, the not only it was two-dog maximum with the association, they can have the fence, but they can only have two dogs. And she's like, well, I'm not going to buy a house where I only can have my well, two. What are you going to do with the other three, you know?
2: And some people talk about breeds. Yeah. And some associations state that, hey, if, the, if it's not a good breed, we might be able to tell you to make it go. I mean, you, you got to read that aso- those association documents because if you don't, you move into something and all of a sudden it's your, your baby. I mean, a lot of people think pets are their babies, yep. you know. Um, <clears throat> you're, well, not, you're, you're not going to give your baby away.
3: Well, and good news, Chris, I I found some trivia for us. Oh, no. It's back. (laughs) Yeah. No, the... uh, High popular demand.
2: We got lots of text (laughs) questions. You can just hear the phone. Are you sure we have to do this? The station's
3: changing across the Twin Cities. (laughs) Um, No, so we pulled up. I had one of my mortgage uh, lenders send me some stats here on uh, how many first-time homebuyers use low down payment products to buy their first house.
2: What did that have to do with dogs and associations?
1: It
3: just it's a text that came in and oh, okay. that's the direction I started focusing. Um so what what would you guess? How many people that are first time homebuyers use low down payment products? What's a low about, down
2: payment product?
3: Um like FHA. So like three oh, okay. okay. and a half percent down. USDA
2: zero down. Yeah, three yeah. and a half percent down. What's the percentage? Three percent down. Seventy
3: nine percent of first time homebuyers use a low down payment. So uh, that means people are using every dollar and every resource they have. So that's a a lot of people that you could eliminate by, you know, some and, of the things and we we're talking people about. People that are
2: using low are usually asking for the closing costs too, so keep that in mind. So, if you, dis- if you discriminate against people that can't afford to pay closing costs, you just lost out on seventy nine percent.
3: Absolutely, yep.
2: Here, now, this
1: is probably more of a home improvement question, but it came in a few minutes ago. It says, "My garage floor is crumbling. Do you think I could have that plastic coating put on?"
3: Great idea. For
1: uh, sale.
2: No. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, what's it cost? No. What you what? would your? You have an oversized three car garage.
3: I, I have about a thousand square foot, because um, that was the maximum. Yep. I'm at like nine ninety five or something like that, and okay. I, I think I paid like fifty seven hundred. But keep in mind, but I had mine refurbished. The, I, see,
1: that's the foundation has to be. They
3: were out there for four yeah. days. They were grinding out the old floor. They were, you know, if it's crumbling in. now, it'll crumble later. Yeah. yeah. Did you ref- have
2: your? You have a two car garage? Yes. And what was yours? Uh, How much? I mean, Boy, that was you've like done it a while ago, years ago. But it's lasted that long, that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: Um, and the, it wasn't in mm. perfect shape, but it wasn't, wasn't yeah, crumbling. crumbling. So you've got to have a good base. Yeah. We've had calls before yep. here and yep. Home Improvement where you'd have to jackhammer that whole thing out if it's that bad yeah. and
2: then start over. Yeah, but I think, you know, for that $5,700, if we're just going with what Andy's was and say a two-car was 3000 I would do it over and over and over again. Oh, yes. 100% if I'm going to be selling. Nothing like it. Yeah, All 100%. Right.
1: Uh, you want to send a text or call, the same number, 651-989-9226. Uh, here's one just came in, We have a house built in 1968, part of the kitchen, has a drop-down ceiling with panels and fluorescent lights above. Should we remove panels and lights
2: To update or can we leave as is, the rest of the house has eight-foot ceilings. I've done it probably five times in different flip homes that we've done. 100% get it out of there. I'm I'm telling you, it, it changes the whole look of that kitchen. And the kitchen's the most important part. I yeah. mean, for a lot of people, and if that looks short, I mean, if it looks short, yeah. it's going to look tight. Agreed. And so you bring it up, and the rest of the house is doing that. It's well, well worth the money in which to do it. And sometimes what you find out underneath yeah. is that they just built that over, and the ceilings are already finished for you.
3: Yeah. Well, what about those kitchens that you see, Chris, that have the dropped um, you know, uh, light panels so, and the whole thing? That's what thing. he's talking about. I think oh, that's what they're saying. I'm sorry. I didn't. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: no. <laughs> I was, I was getting excited was about my about trivia, trivia, trivia that just again. came in. I was actually. I <laughs> was looking ahead.
3: <laughs> sorry, I'm over here reading. It's, it's stats. nice that
2: I listen at least. To yeah, I'm
1: glad yeah. somebody.
3: Yeah. I thought you talked about drop ceilings. I'm sorry.
2: We Who
0: were you, we were.
3: No, the panel. No, so like when you go into the kitchen, where it's a, you mean a soffit a twelve by twelve with a soffit, and it's all lights. Yeah, and so the whole yeah. ceiling glows. Oh, sure. That's what oh, I'm talking okay. about. I, yeah, I, see. I see those actually more frequently than I thought, and, and most people that put it in, that's like the masterpiece of their house. And then you walk in there and kind of ruin their day with the old, well, that
1: probably should <laughs> be I think that's of kind it. of what they're talking about right? yeah. I with the yeah. lights yeah. up there. Um, yeah. Let's just move on. Uh, let's, let's, let's move, move on. on. All right. All right. Well, All right. I, do have, I do have an interesting fact for you, though, <laughs> well, <let's hear> unless <laughs> we need
3: to go to break. What, okay, statistically, now, what is the best day of the week to list your house that will give you the best hmm. return on investment? I have an answer. Okay. Thursday. Really? What do you guess? Danny? I was going to say Wednesday, but that's you. Oh my, you guys are fantastic. So Chris is correct. It actually, they say that in 2018, the average house that was listed on a Thursday sells for $3,535 more than the average listing of other houses listed during the week. I'm so it sells yeah, Would you like to know Wednesday why? was number two.
2: Does it say why? Cause I know why Go ahead. I, my theory is why is because you're obviously putting it on for the weekend. If you, if you can uh, kind of, uh, double down with an open house on a Sunday. Create that excitement. You know, it's on a Thursday. Typically, they'll uh, go on a Friday and Saturday to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. If you do it on a Tuesday, some people can't get there till the weekend. Yep. The longer it sits on the market, they're like, "Oh, that house is worthless."
0: Yeah,
3: I
2: mean, and, and not that well, soon. I, I used you know to, I mean. used
3: to have that program too, where I would only list houses on Thursdays. That was kind of my you know week to week rule. We'd we'd roll every week. But here, so which houses sell the fastest based on the day of the week you list? Which houses have the least amount of market time? So Sunday through Saturday, which day, if you list it, will give you the least amount of market time, days on market? Friday. That makes sense. Thursday again? 59 oh. days on average for 2018 nationally, and then uh, Fridays were 62 days on average nationally.
2: So Thursday or Friday is the day we
1: got to put it on.
3: Wednesday, Thursday, Friday seem to be the days you got to list. Okay.
1: I want, you, I want to do your, your take on this uh, in this comment. There is almost no way to enforce an association rule about the number of dogs. Is that true in your nah. experience? <laughs> uh,
3: they can uh. lean penalties against you, which are that float They can at, foreclose on you. I mean, if foreclose... you're not paying, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I. But yeah, it's one of those things they have to do. So
3: we've had, I've had associations where violations have come in, where there's violation and they do not fix the violation and then it keeps accumulating or they don't pay their dues and it keeps accumulating. It depends on the teeth of your association. But most associations, they float at the same, actually above a first mortgage position in the eyes of the the title. So they can, if they decide to lean, 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 lean for the $79 you keep not paying. And then when you go to sell your house, you got to pay that off to do it. it. Yep.
2: All right. Let's so, grab a. Go ahead. Yeah, we Well, we can't say legally because we can't. You can't. Did say legally? You didn't. Yeah. But it's. It's. I mean, how would you like to be in a, a neighborhood that says, "Hey, you can't do that." And you're getting all these things, and every one of your neighbors is doing the right thing. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's not going to be a pleasant place to live. All right. Let's uh, let's go to the phones. Let's see. John is
1: calling. I believe John is on the cell. Uh, John, what's your question?
2: I have a question about a garage floor. Okay. My uh, floor is suffered salt damage and a pretty rough surface. I'm wondering if you can float two inches of fresh concrete over the floor or recess for the garage door to go down in uh,
0: this little recessed area. And, and if that
2: would
3: work, I'll hang up and listen. Thank-
1: I don't know. What do you guys think in your experience? Andy
2: seems the garage guy. <laughs> He's the garage floor guy. Uh,
3: yes, sure. Um, so I, I would was think told. That would crack into the well, so I'm, I'm a little overdo it kind of guy. So I looked at my whole garage floor before I had mine done, and I said, okay, I want a quote to have this all ripped out and replaced. It was almost the same amount of money to have the floor ripped out and completely replaced. I believe Then you'd be back to raw concrete. So now you're not talking about a $5,000 project. You're talking about a $13,000 project. The floating floor, I'm not a concrete person, but I know where there's any opportunity for water usually to get between concrete, it causes a problem because they freeze and crack. Um, Maybe with a heated garage you could get away with it for a while, but I think eventually that would... You know, thin Deteriorate. out. Deteriorate. Yeah, and kind of chip off. Yeah. But um, I, I guess I would call the garage door, your garage call, door. You buddy. know what?
1: Get, yeah, I would say uh, get, get a hold of the Semstone people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're around, uh, stemsemstone.com. But they are the experts. Those are the pros. They would know, and they'll say yes or no. Yeah, for that to the, and then hire uh, the
3: contractor yeah. that works best yeah. for you because you can spec those products that way.
1: Excellent. All right. We have more time for your calls or text messages uh, over the real estate show here on 830WCC. And welcome back to The Real Estate Show here on Talk a three O WCC. We still have time for your real estate-related questions for uh, Chris and Andy. Same number for either, 651-989-9226. Uh, let's see. A text came in. It says, is it okay to negotiate the commission rate on a
2: higher-end house? What do you think? Well, it doesn't even need to be on a higher-end house. You can negotiate yeah, the commission I'm on sure. anything. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, uh, people... <laughs> From agent standpoint, they, it's it's not just an automatic. Hey, here's what the commission is. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to know what value they perform and if it's worth it for someone to pay pay that commission. Because there's some that, hey, I don't, I I want to pay you five hundred bucks. And there's other ones that say, you know what, yeah, you're worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be able to prove to those people why you're worth it. And that's what commission. Well, that's happens. what that.
3: So it's an interesting point, Chris. You know, you bring that up, and when you meet with a listing agent, and a lot of people. You know, when you're at a listing presentation, they don't know what to expect. They don't know what to ask of that listing agent. They just kind of sit there and let the agent present the information. And, and that that's okay, too. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times they do have a presentation that covers all aspects of what they do, who they represent, what their brand is, and and, and they go through that process. But on the other hand, ultimately, you're hiring somebody that's going to market your property for you for trying to fetch you the most amount of money. And then, like I to me, a lot of times I say, it doesn't matter what you pay me if I can put more money in your pocket. But... It does matter, and so it's like, what are you getting for what you know they're giving, yeah, and
2: everyone's trying to get the best value, I mean what it is, but it's it's kind of one of those things that um, you know you want to you want the perfect marketing plan, you want quality service, mm-hmm. and you want a low fee well one of those aren't going to work
3: or just you know no fair. one can do all that stuff I think fair is a better way to look at it because you know who you if you hire the person honestly right out of the shoot that you give them a discount discount discount, so you're basically telling them that they're not worth industry standards so you're hiring somebody that's willing to work for less guess what you're going to get usually you get a lot less that's why discount brokerages never seem to make it in the cities because you're not getting what you really want ultimately you want to hire somebody that's going to be a rock star for you market the heck out of the property get you the highest dollar figure you possibly can get in the quickest amount of time but then there's times where you know some products just take longer as well so you get like a, a unique property a, you know a, a peninsula or a big farm or a multi-million dollar property Sometimes days on market, that's more of a counseling session where it does. It takes, you know, six months, a year, year and a half to sell. And then that's a little different because I think that a lot of us go to work and we hear, Oh, hey, my house sold in one hour. Well, what house? What price? What area? Well, it was a house for a hundred and fifty thousand in St. Louis Park, and you're like, Of course it did, you know, versus my house at seven fifty out in wherever out in the country here isn't gonna sell in probably that
2: many sure.
1: hours. So yeah.
3: It's just be fair.
2: Is there any other ones there?
1: Uh, Let's see. Oh, the 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 texture that sent about the drop down kitchen uh, ceiling. How would you treat the fluorescent light situation? Okay, so the fluorescent lights that
2: were underneath it, right? Yeah, under the drop down. Um, You might you move and retexture. I mean, I would, but you might be able to get rid, get away with it. Um, But you might want to just do a different style of fluorescent light fixture. You or know what, I mean? kind of, some, what about some kind or of just LED, it. LEDs? Or, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, just something. But I think getting that height in that ceiling is uh, imperative. Yes. You know, a lot of times you see in some of those uh, houses that had those drop-down ceilings, they also had that little that, that bank of cabinets that went over the countertop that closed off the whole kitchen as well. Um, I believe that's better to take those down as well than to leave them up for extra storage. I, it's just because it makes it open and bigger. And then if people didn't know they were there in the first place, they're not going to say, oh, my gosh, I, I would wish I would have had those for extra storage. They don't do that.
1: What's going on in new construction as far as uh, living room and dining room? Are people not wanting those anymore over the years?
3: Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. I, I find that uh, I, I'm seeing um, a strong um, return of the formal dining room mm. being requested or... A, a dining, room. a flat, yeah, a room that's big enough to where you can stretch it out and have the 20 people sitting around the table okay. um, when you need to. But it's, um, we, we live different now. I mean, I, I look at just the way we plug our devices in and we all have, we're all plugged in and we, you know, it's, it's a wireless world. It's how do you watch TV? Where do you go for your homework? I mean, like you and Chris, you and I have talked about this. There's more need for an in-home office than there is for a formal dining. So a lot of times when you have a, a limited budget or a, a budget, you got to respect yeah. that you pick one or the other.
2: Um, Let's go to that phone call. I
1: forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, Bill, Bill, you're on CCO. How, what can we do for you?
0: Say, so I got a question for you guys. So, we're looking at remodeling our bathroom. The house is built no 02. And we have one of those corner hot tubs, two person corner hot tubs, you know, below window. And the question is, as we've heard pros and cons on it, of leaving it in, remodeling the rest of the bathroom, or taking it out and putting it in a new soaker tub. I'd just mm-hmm. like to know what your guys' real opinion is on that. I hearing different stories. Okay. Thank you. Okay,
2: That's a good uh, question, Bill. Uh, I missed a little of that. Is this in the bathroom? He's got yeah, the big the yeah. corner. The the,
3: the, yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. When whirlpools are really popular, yeah. there was a lot of us doing the corner. And it just was a cool thing. It in just the built-in, right? Yeah. And yeah. then we realized, I think over time, that um, the newer buyer coming in in new construction anyway, they would prefer that you have a walk-in <laughs> multi-shower head style <laughs> shower all tiled in and beautiful than to have even a soaker tub. Yeah. Um, I do get the combination of walk-in tile shower with soaker tub. I have not uh, put in a bubble tub or a jacuzzi tub. I don't, I man, I'm going to say eight years. Yeah. And I and I build all price ranges from you know entry level and the you they know, just don't stay numbers. hot long
2: enough, and you know they get cruddy well, and stuff like cr- that. But freestanding it. is better than a built-in too. I mean, from they're a understand. tub standpoint.
3: Well, so he's got a corner tub. So do you spend the expense of ripping yes. all that out, and you, so you'd spend the five grand to have it all ripped out, and then spend another five grand to put a new tub back in, and it's the same. It's a tub as a tub.
2: I don't know. We're going to the we're going to different tub stores on that. I think, but uh,
3: well, no, but I mean the tile work and the, all that. Well, it depends.
2: Up. Yeah, I mean that that 's what everything is, I mean everything depends, but right. um, and it depends what price segment you 're in mm-hmm. you know what the rest of your house looks like i mean is your is your kitchen real nice because right. then a master bath is you know the next most important thing
3: well, so what I would say is this if I would have the opportunity to create a bigger bathroom and re- if you 're remodeling the whole thing and you can put in a really nice double vanity, nice linen, um, a nice uh, sometimes the toilet closet is really appreciated in today 's marketplace. And having all of that, that that is what I would focus on if I had an unlimited budget. Yep. If I had a limited budget, then I'd do exactly what he's talking about, like what you just said, Chris, where I'd probably just replace what's there with something new, and and move on. Yep.
1: What would you say to somebody here? It is you know a few days before Thanksgiving, and uh, the couple is thinking, you know, we really should get our house on the market, mm-hmm. or maybe we should wait. All right, you get this all the time. This time of year, today, what would you tell that prospective
2: client? I'm. It just depends. It depends on the house again, yeah. but uh, it, it and what because the, there's segments that are moving and there's segments that yep. aren't. Um, but we've been talking because this is the time you start talking about that, you know, into Thanksgiving, <laughs> into Christmas, about listings that are on the market right now. And our our thing is is that we're we're hanging in there. Yep. We're staying on.
3: Yeah, so. I've been. I've kept all my listings active too. We've had showings all week on everything, um, with the exception of my really high price stuff over a million. Yeah, that's been kind of still sitting still. But the I mean, everything from 750 down has been very active. So, all right, well,
1: we're just we have seconds to go. How do we get in touch with you
2: guys? I know there's uh, yeah, the easiest way is yeah. andyandrooney.com, andyandrooney.com, and then uh, all of our information's on there. A lot of the stuff that we talk about, our past guests. Everything's on there. Good deal. Well, I hope to see you guys next week. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family for
0: Thanks sure, too much.
1: yeah, we'll see you in one week from today.
0: Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.